Hear now this scripture reading from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 15, selected verses from 10 through 28. Listen now for a word from our Lord. Then he called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is, it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart come, inten come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dog eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. To be honest, today's scripture is not easy for all, of us, for all of us to understand, even though it is a well-known and frequently preached text. However, through my study, I came to see that the, as confusing as this reading is, it is one of the most significant ministry Significant, significant moment in Jesus' ministry. The entire chapter 15 is talking about several different stories. The, the rules from the elders, the Canaanite woman who approached Jesus seeking healing for her daughter, and Jesus' healing ministry for many individuals, and miraculous feeding of 4,000. But they are all connected, related to each other. In today's scripture, Jesus' behavior toward this Canaanite woman is just strange. To start, the woman cries out to Jesus, and Jesus initially ignores her. As you know, when as you know, Jesus was always trying to get some peace and quiet. And when the crowd started crying out to him, he put that all aside and went to hear the people. But in today's text, 
when this woman cries out to him, he intentionally disregarded her. She continued to plead for his assistance, but Jesus' Jesus' response was still cold as he basically likened the, the woman to a dog. So why? Why did he initially ignore her and call her a dog and not respond? I believe he had a purpose in his action. And to start this, to understand this point, we should consider what Jesus said to the Pharisees in the previous text that we didn't read this morning. The Pharisees approached Jesus with a question asking why Jesus and his disciples did not follow tradition, specifically why they did not engage in hand-washing ritual before eating their food. Now, it is clear that The practice of hand-washing before eating is very important, especially considering the experiences with the pandemic. However, the Pharisees seemed to believe that Jesus and his disciples were not following this tradition or rituals. So Jesus took this as a teaching moment, teaching opportunity to explain what it truly means to be clean or unclean. Jesus said, what goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean. But what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. God wants us to be pure, but the purity does not come from practices like hand-washing, like the Pharisees believe. Being a right relationship with, with God has nothing to do with the trying to follow a multitude of external laws. It's about what's inside of us. So Jesus gives them a picture lesson using a real person, the Canaanite woman, to illustrate what truly defines a person as clean or unclean. In Jesus' time, anyone who was not Jewish was generally generally considered a Gentile. So for instance, we are Gentiles from birth, and we would would have been regarded as unclean by the Jews. If a Jew entered a Gentile territory or eat eat a Gentile food, they would have been deemed unclean. And suppose, for example, the people in Frugoville were God's chosen race, and we here in Austin were nothing but a group of poor Gentiles. The people in Frugoville wouldn't want to have anything to do with us whatsoever. 
they would, they would teach their children not to play with our children. And if we came to them asking for help or healing, they would call us dogs and tell us to leave them alone. But if Jesus were to come to Austin, that would be a totally different story. And that's what is happening in our lesson for this morning. This Canaanite woman, of course, she is a Gentile, is the first woman that Jesus ministered to the outside of the nation of Israel. She is the first Gentile that Jesus ministered to. And this is a radical move for Jesus. The story of this humble woman is very important because Jesus' ministry to the entire world begins with this woman. And I believe this woman already understood that the God of the universe loves all people. Through her personal experience and unwavering faith in the one true God, the Gentiles began to turn to Christ. As a Korean-American pastor serving a predominantly white congregation, I have an interest in the American missionaries who arrived in Korea in the 19th century. Korean Christianity was initiated by American missionaries in 1885. And their primary mission was to introduce Koreans to Christianity and help develop a Korean society based on the Christian teachings and Christian education. And these American missionary, missionaries made significant sacrifices, leaving behind their comfort zones, their comfort homes to immerse, to immerse themselves in Korean life. They worked to deserve existing issues and spread God's word all the, throughout the country leading to a transformation of a Korean community. And this transformation gave rise to the establishment of churches and hospitals and many Christian schools. And one of the churches founded by these American missionaries is my home church in Seoul, South Korea. And the church, the name of the church is Jonggyo Methodist Church. And it is, it, is, it is established on the Easter day in the year 1900 by Mrs. Campbell, American Southern Methodist Episcopal missionary who was born in Texas. <laughs> what a small world. This mission was affiliated with the, with the Women's Board of Foreign Missions. The South Korea has now become 
the second largest country in terms of sending Christian missionaries all over the world, with the, the United States being the largest. The incredible fact is that these early American missionaries could never have imagined that Koreans like me would come to America and share God's word with their future generations. Sometimes we don't know how much we are connected each other. And it's entirely possible that these, these missionaries or friends or neighbors of some of your ancestors. If we open our hearts and minds, if we open our eyes and ears deeply and widely, it becomes clear that we are all brothers and sisters, especially within the Christian faith. The key is what's inside of us. There is a book titled A History of Tarrytown United Methodist Church. I'm sure some of you have it. The TUMC was founded in 1946, and this book was published in 1985 and tells us about the 40 years of TUMC's history. The title of chapter one is our beginning, and it mentions September 8, 1946 was set as a date for our first service, but there were no seats in the new church and nothing to buy any with. In the early days, our church began with humble beginnings. It was a small start for the church. Just four weeks later, on October 6, 1946, the district superintendent officially announced that this church had, had begun with a total membership of 109. As of the Rio Texas Conference Journal in 2022, the number of members belonging to TUMC has grown to 2,559. And this coming Friday, September 8th, will mark the 77th anniversary of this church. Two lucky sevens. I don't know how many of you exactly will turn or have turned 77 years old, but what I do know is that you have plenty of stories to share. The same is true of 77-year-old church. We understand that the church itself is not the kingdom, but that it's a sign 
It's an instrument and a foretaste of the kingdom of God. Someone has said, if a church is 10 years old, they have 10 problems. If it's 50 years old, they have 50 problems. So, <laughs> we may have 77 problems and issues today. But I firmly believe that we have 770 strengths. And we can overcome those 77 problems with these strengths. TUMC is not the kingdom itself. But I'm confident that many members, many current and former and current members may have experienced a taste of the kingdom of God here. And I'm aware that TUMC is home to many devoted and steadfast servants who have dedicated their time and their effort, their, their talents, their money, and their tears to God for many years. They are humble. They are smart. They have a great sense of humor and passion for Christ in their heart. Our former members and pastors planted the seed of God's word by stepping out of their comfort zones and sacrificing for the mission for this church, this community, this, um, the, um, this conference, and beyond. And I believe that each one of you have the same capacity and same potential to, to plant the seed of God's word that our past the members and, and pastors had. Let us remember that there is a divine purpose for the existence of this church. This church is not your church, and this church is not my church. This is Christ's church. I honestly request that you keep the church, each other, every Sunday school class, our children and youth, and our chairpersons and directors, leaders, and your, your pastors in your prayers. The character of our church is shaped by our thoughts and, and actions. The key is what's inside of us. The final section of chapter 15 tells the story of feeding the 4,000. Jesus had deep compassion for people who had been with him for three days. So he not only provided them with food, but also chose to stay with them for three days. With God, 
there are no outcasts. With God, there are no marginalized individuals. Everybody, everyone is equally, everyone is equally loved. You know, every human being is equally loved and, and significant. And this is how we are to view people as well. We must reflect on who the marginalized or the outcast individuals are in our culture and in our community today. Who is treated as if they do not matter? And this is the question. This is a question that we have to answer and we must take action. The key is what's inside of us. Jesus' ministry was dedicated to the poor, the outcast, the marginalized, those who faced discrimination, women, children, and, and widow, and orphaned. His ministry and our ministry as well. Let this be our mission and our prayer that we may go where Jesus goes and do what Jesus does. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.